if you actually want to try and address the root problem, it would be to create an underlying marketplace that is based strictly on physical sales and doesn't allow futures contracts. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Mark is here with you for Arcadia Economics. And in today's show, something to discuss that I've been watching behind the scenes for a while, which is really the culmination of a lot of people being frustrated with how things in the silver world are priced on the COMEX. Obviously, you have an infinite amount of paper contracts that trade, which can often be divorced from the actual amount of silver that is underlying that market, which has been a bit of an enigma. I mean, obviously, that's how the futures markets work and the system that we're in, although obviously in the last couple of years, a growing level of frustration about that topic. And turns out we have someone who has quite a vivid interest in silver and also a programming background who has started doing something about that and designing what could be part of the solution to that. So uh, welcoming on in today, Scott Connor, who is the uh, coder who has taken a role in, in building something new, which we will be taking a look through. Also joined by Conley Owens, who also a programming background, has a nice perspective on this because he came from outside the silver world, but has been helping to move this project forward. And my old friend, Jim Forsyth, who obviously is very in the silver world and now on the wholesaler side, doing a lot of great things with the bars that he has been slicing up and making available to the world. So gentlemen, it's great to have you all in here today. And Scott, why don't we start with you as this is your baby and perhaps you could talk a little bit about where the idea came from and what it is that you've built. Sure. Well, we can start a screen share here soon and I could actually pull up a website, but if I were to try and just explain things up front as quick as possible, and especially to your audience, what we have is a physical only silver exchange. And so there's a lot to unpack there about what that means, but that's really the bottom line up front. So, uh, you know, sort of the background here going as far back as say February, 2021, when silver squeeze started, for example, and then when it, more or less didn't work. I mean, we can elaborate on that, whether it did or didn't, or is still ongoing and so forth. Um, but the point is that the, the, the effort to sort of buy up a bunch of physical silver from the retail perspective is not really ad addressing the root of the problem in terms of pricing for the silver market, in my opinion. So anyway, if you actually want to try and address the root problem, it would be to create an underlying marketplace that is based strictly on physical sales and doesn't allow futures contracts. And then hopefully we can expand this to, to uh, greater and greater parts of the silver market. But regardless, if you, if you say, I want to build a marketplace for, uh, for commodities and for silver in particular, and then you want to, in side note, the intent of futures and call options and so forth, the real uh, reasoning for these tools in the marketplace is to create liquidity. And so um, there's basically an over, or you could at least argue that there is an over optimization for liquidity. And this is a factor in what determines the, the spot price. And so if we create a marketplace where we, ch we explicitly choose not to 
optimize for liquidity. You make that an afterthought. And then you think through everything that is required to make a physical, physical silver exchange. This is what we've arrived at. Okay. And you know, walk us through and show us the interface now, Scott. Sure. So th this hopefully just ex is really self-explanatory. We have marketplace for silver. There's no futures contracts. Uh, and the important thing is that we create price discovery without futures. And this is based on simple supply and demand metrics, or I'm sorry, uh, simple supply and demand fundamentals. And so uh, if we scroll through these images here, uh, this is all that's being listed currently. And then this application is still in its infancy. So this is not a uh, this is not a robust set of market items yet, but hopefully it explains the point, which is that in the conventional retail market, at least for silver, when you're buying items, you're buying sort of individualized collectible items. But we first make the distinction that we're selling commodity items or fungible types, or what we're doing is we're taking different silver form factors and then grouping them together. So as an example, uh, here on the screen, I've got 10 ounce casted bars, which means that we make no distinction on what kind of mold it is, what condition it, it, it's in. If you truly believe that silver is money, then you are buying silver for the purpose of having physical ounces of silver, not so much how pretty it looks. So this is an op this is a, a deliberate and principled stance on how we go about selling. Um, and then, so in the same way, if I scroll through these items, the idea here is that we should have these fungible types. And then we've got, so I could elaborate, if I talk about Canadian ma maple leaves or uh, Britannias, these are sort of, um, these are less fungible with other types of silver. But regardless, the idea here is that we group by, uh, by form factor here. I can add in here that as, you know, someone who's believed in the value of precious metals for a long time, but only recently starting to actually get involved in purchasing, that you go to any of these sites that, uh, that sell physical silver, and it's an overwhelming set of options. It's really hard to find what is the, you know, if I just want cheap silver, what is the, what is the cheap option here? So simplifying things down, uh, I think could really help people like me who are, who are newer to actually purchasing physical silver. It, it's pretty common for stores to have, um, they, they usually call it dealer's choice or generics. And so that's, that's what this 10 ounce cast bar would be. It's like dealer's choice, right? You don't know what you're going to get. You know, it's going to be a cast 10 ounce bar. Yeah, and I think that's a good point, Conley, because there, you know, obviously there are some people who are looking for specific products, but a lot of the people in the silver market like getting whatever is on sale or whatever is giving them the most silver for their price. So, Scott, why don't you take it back over from there and show us how it works? Sure. So, if we trace through this, so we, we, uh, we certainly need to communicate that this application is in its infancy. And so, we have Jim here because uh, Jim is the only seller currently, and we'd like to expand that. But the idea is that we have a, a liquid pool of uh, commodities here. So, I bring up commodities first because it's important to note that there's nothing special about silver per se. So we're dealing in sort of abstract. Oh, come on now. Of course there is. <laughs> okay. Well, well the, the, what I want to communicate is that we're dealing with abstract types. And so um, the important thing is if we can group items by those types. And so now you, what you have is a, a free market price for 
each one of those individual types. And so what I was getting to from that explanation is that you have an environment where we can facilitate multiple buyers and multiple sellers. And so right now, Jim just happens to be the only seller in the market. Um, but this is, so this is a relatively empty order book here. Uh, and we have, we have asks listed here for these 10 ounce cast bars. First off, we define what constitutes a contract. And so we are trying to facilitate sort of bulk silver sales. And so one contract is more than just one bar. One contract in this case would mean five individual 10 ounce cast bars. Um, and then the ask price from Jim here, you can see he actually has five contracts at 250 over spot and five contracts at 275 over spot. So what will end up happening then is that some free market price will be ascertained as a result of people of other sellers participating and then other buyers sort of bidding up this price perhaps. And so in doing so, we are guaranteeing to Jim that he will make greater than or equal to this listing price that he has. So th there's basically a price optimization involved that's not very obvious from this page alone that makes it so that all buyers and all sellers are uniformly getting the best price. So basically on any given day, there is a sort of a physical spot price that's derived that all market participants uniformly agree to. So I know, uh, Chris, for example, on, on your show, you've talked about this before where you ask someone, okay, if spot price, if, if I can only buy a physical silver for say 15% over spot, then it raises the question, what does spot price really mean when this spot price is inaccessible to most people? Meaning the COMEX spot price, you can't, it, me as a retail consumer, I can't actually get silver for that amount. So all of this to say, uh, there is some sort of physical spot price for different coin types or different bar types. And so what we're trying to do is we're what we, we would like to become the source of, source of truth to establish what is sort of the physical spot price for, for example, 10 ounce cast bars. So I'd probably have to pull up another page to, to really flesh that out. Um, but what we are doing is, is we're, we're providing another avenue for people to, uh, to participate in a silver market. Uh, and then we're using just strictly supply demand fundamentals to reach an equilibrium that establishes a physical price. So does that all make sense so far? Yeah. And one of the other things I was hoping you could touch on is, is something that comes up a lot where people are aware that you're paying some amount over spot, but often feel frustrated because if they want to sell metal back, some dealers do pay over spot on the buyback side. Some do not. And I know that's something that you were targeting, giving more liquidity. So it's not you just buy the silver, pay that premium over spot, and then you're left hanging out to dry. So perhaps you could touch on how that works, because I know that's a specific area you've been addressing. Yes. So there's a lot that could be talked about on that idea. So first of all, one point of friction that makes physical silver an unattractive investment to a lot of people is this notion that one, when I'm buying silver, it is 15% over spot. So I wonder, am I getting a good price or not? Second, when you sell back, you're not getting that same premium back. So meaning if I buy physical silver and then I sell it back to the dealer on the same day, I will have lost something like 10%. 
So first of all, we want to make the market more efficient, meaning that basically the premium percent, we would like to decrease that. If you have a 15% premium on physical silver, then that's really indicative of how inefficient the market is. And so there's sort of an addressable market space of the size of the retail market times that premium. And that's sort of the, the entire addressable space that we can try to make more efficient. So the point number one is we want to be able to sell silver for cheaper than what exists currently. And so, and I've already talked about some of those things, but there are a number of factors that we're doing to make sales as efficient as possible to reduce premiums as much as possible. So that's the actual buying piece. And then the selling piece would be that we are at least laying the framework to be able to make buybacks more efficient. Okay. And Conley would be great to get your perspective again, coming from a little bit of a different background, but how you see the problem that's being addressed and also in the time you've been part of the project, uh, how you see the system addressing it. Yeah. Well, if you want to, okay, so first there's the issue between, uh, you know, having real silver, silver or poker chips that, that claim you own silver, right? And so this is, uh, this is one of the many solutions to get real physical silver. But then when you're getting physical silver, there's all kinds of uh, uh, costs that end up accruing, you know, the, the premiums, the, the shipping, et cetera, buying in small quantities versus large quantities, et cetera. And having this kind of one solution rather than everybody building their own, which all involves, uh, you know, more cost, et cetera, right? All these different storefronts building their own solutions. A lot of these things just add more and more costs, make the premiums go higher and higher because, because you have to charge more if you're going to, if you're going to run a business. And yeah, ideally, uh, this takes down all those costs as much as possible. So when you're trading in physical silver, you're able to trade almost at the, the value it's actually worth. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I see the, the value of this is basically all those extra costs that add up, how can we how can we decrease those as much as possible? And uh, yeah, this is providing a solution to that. Yeah, and obviously anything that helps to increase the liquidity, um, we've seen some of these spreads get pretty wide at different points. So I think there's definitely some value in having something that can bring buyers and sellers more directly together. Some people using eBay to do that to some degree, and there are a variety of different things out there. But Jim, perhaps you could comment now on how things have been going. Obviously, you started out as a silver investor who has a great interest in owning silver, but also now through Silverback Precious Metals and some of the different partners that you have providing silver to the market. So Maybe you could start with the side of a wholesaler and how someone who is in the business of offering silver, or if it's a person that has silver that they're looking to get a good bid on, could use it and then uh, perhaps talk about the buy side after that. Yeah, sure. sure. First off, I, I want to make a few comments on what's been discussed already. First, Scott Scott was saying, like, I'm the only seller right now. That's that's not because of lack of interest. I have a development background. And as you said, I'm very enthusiastic about um, these kinds of projects. So so I came in kind of as a beta tester. Um, but I just wanted to clarify that I'm not the only seller because, you know, there's no interest. There's there's interest. So um, I was just, I'm the guinea pig. Um, re regarding premiums, um, 
I think Scott, you said premiums are a, a, a sign of inefficiency. I, I think that's partly true, partly not true. And some part of the premium is it's manufacturing cost, right? And and that that premium is not a necessarily a sign of inefficiency. Um, you know, if 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 you want a one ounce round, it's probably gonna cost you a dollar, dollar fifty to get that even directly from the mint. Um, but but there's another part of the premium that is due to lack of capacity. Um, you know, like Silver Eagles, for example. Um, you know, the Silver Eagles don't cost as much as they sell for, but if the capacity is not there to make the blanks, then then the premiums go up. Um, the, but the, the biggest sign of inefficiency to me is is that by the big and, and the most dangerous or, or the most kind of antithetical to using silver sound money is the buy sell spread. Because um, like you said, that means that's friction. You know, you get a coin, you turn around to sell it and you've immediately lost, you know, a big percentage. Um, so Goldbacks is a good example of a product that has a huge premium because it costs a lot to make, but their their buy sell spread is extremely tight and that makes it better for, for, for money kind of thing. And S S Scott, I think um, in, in saying, well, we haven't really addressed that yet. I, I disagree. Um, the fact that you're setting up a marketplace, like right now I'm a seller, but if if somebody came to me with 10 ounce bars, I could I could you know buy it from them, list it on here, or even you know, list it on here, wait for it to sell to give them, you know, a, a good price. So just setting up the marketplace itself, you know, as as users are added, that provides liquidity and liquidity is the key for um, reducing that buy sell spread. If somebody comes into a dealer, the dealer may be able to turn around and sell it again, but they may have to sell it to a wholesaler. The wholesaler sells it back to someone else. Maybe they send it back to the recycling, et cetera. By connecting buyers and sellers, I think that's going to, you know, that 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 can help reduce that spread. There's a lot of things we're doing to, to decrease costs too. Like one of the things that uh, Scott has added to this is the ability to match up buyers and sellers. So it's an auction that runs throughout the day, right? And then he matches up buyers and sellers, not just by the prices because everybody ends up buying and selling at the same price at the end of the day, but by zip codes to decrease the cost of shipping. There's a lot of, lot of innovation that's being done here to, to take out all those extra costs that are involved in yeah, trading physical silver. I just wanted to throw that one out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so first off, let me say, I've been really impressed working with these guys, um, you know, very responsive, very ethical and very, um, uh, very competent. So I, I'm excited where this is headed. Um, it's, it's interesting though, when I, you know, when we first sat and talked, um, there's kind of like the original grand vision, but then I started, well, you could use it for this. You could use it for this. Like, for example, for what I'm doing, I'm not doing this as silverback, at least not yet until I talk to other partners. I'm just doing this, um, for my casting company. And, um, you know, we have a certain amount, amount of weekly capacity, right? So I could go out there and put out a bunch of asks that are basically at my cost. But if I want to pay somebody for overtime, put layer some on top. Um, so basically I could put out ask for my weekly production and, and, and try to sell that, but then put in a higher ask where if there's a lot of demand, I'll have somebody come in and do some overtime. Um, yeah, the, the wholesale market's very, uh, you know, it's it's dominated by a, lar uh, a small number of large players. Um, so opening up, opening up uh, kind of the wholesale market using this is interesting. Uh, there, I'm involved on a Facebook group that's a dealer-to-dealer -dealer network, and that's one of the ways they reduce some of the friction is, um, you know, rather if they get somebody come in and dump a bunch of coins, 
rather than sell it back to the wholesaler, they'll list it on um, this this Facebook group and another shop will buy it, usually at a discount to what they could get at wholesale, but at a better rate for the seller than they could sell it to wholesale. Um, so it reduces that friction, but it's all done, you know, kind of by hand and then post in, in, in Facebook where something like this, and I think they're looking to develop something like this. So I've reached out to them and say, hey, what these guys are doing could, could do what you're looking for. So lots of opportunity for something like this, um, uh, you know, and, and the big thing is if, if you can get something like this with bids and ask for physical, um, get more liquidity in there, you can drive down that buy sell spread and, and, and that, that should be really a, a big, big key, at least for me coming from the sound money perspective. And Jim, how would you compare this? Obviously, you've been buying silver for a long time, so quite familiar with that experience. Cottonley did point out how to people who are newer to silver, there's a degree to which some of the web pages can be a little overwhelming if you're not looking for a specific product, but just wanting to get the most bang for your dollar. But how would you compare what you've seen here, what it would look like for someone on the buy side? as compared to what that process is normally like? Um, well, it, it may actually be a little more complicated than that. I, 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 at least in its current form, I see this more as, um, you know, perhaps business to business or, but, but it's, it's certainly not, not that hard. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, um, yeah, if anybody's done stock trades, it's 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 not terribly different. But the the mechanism for matching up bids and ask is actually fairly interesting because you know, and we got into discussion at first because you know, as my thought is like, well, if there's a bid out there and I've got an ask, that should execute. But instead, it's it's a daily thing because what might happen is by the end of the day, I've got five ask out there, but there's ten bids. In which case, now people can bid the price up, and I thought that was really clever clever, uh, cl clever way to handle, um, handle pricing mechanism. So the, the, the other, the other thing I'm potentially excited about this for is like grassroots casters, um, who I'm in touch with several is, you know, th they can be put on an equal playing field as the big boys, you know, they, they can come into a system like this and it's a generic 10 ounce bar. Um, you know, if, if they can, uh, if they can outbid others, then, then they can do that. Um, so I'm, that, that's one of the people that I reached out to that expressed an interest and had a conversation with Scott as, as somebody in Texas, who's a grassroots caster, Matt, um, who's, who's interested in this. I'm, I'm making some stamps for him right now. So that, that's the other part of this that I'm interested in. Like I said, there's like a lot of potential applications, um, uh, of this and these guys have done a really nice job of integrating shipping um, insurance, um, you know, the whole nine yards to make it as easy as possible for buyer and seller. Dan, Scott, I know that's one of the things that has been nice about what you're doing, where started with the general idea, although as we've talked about a lot, going out and getting some feedback, seeing not there's what we think the way it might go. And then you find out how people would actually want to use that. You've been incorporating that feedback. Obviously, uh, still building things. I'm curious, let's say things go perfectly. What do you imagine it looking like as it continues to develop? And say we're a couple of years out now, some of the features and applications it could be used for. In an ideal world, we support the mining companies. 
So uh, that is also, a, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, essentially, they are, the mining companies are like the big players behind the scenes in the market. So we want to support their use case. But really, if you distill it down, at a bare minimum, what we're trying to do is just create a, an enjoyable web application to use that makes the process of silver buying transparent and easy, both for buyers and sellers. Um, and so, like, as Jim pointed out, this, the user experience here is much like a stock brokerage. And so I realized I didn't actually pull that up yet. So I'm pulling up this view here, but to your question, uh, if things go perfectly ideal, first off, we would like to be able to support the miners right now. We're talking about a retail market, but the part of the idea here was that we write an application that scales to meet the demands of large companies. And so in the same way that we're uh, talking about this sort of retail market, you could do the same thing for thousand ounce bars. So long story short, support the mining companies. That would be number one. I think number two is the other idea would be to eventually support buybacks. So right now you can, you can buy in this market uh, or, or at least an individual can buy in the market, but there is not yet a mechanism to sell your silver. So point being, Ideally, eventually, we reach a place where there is an easy way for people to sell back silver at a trustworthy and good price that is also determined by this uh, physical spot price here. In the user interface itself, you can see here in the top right, you have what the sort of uh, LBMA spot price is. I don't know. This terminology might not be ideal or, or perfect. And then we have our free market physical price here, and this is the price discovery that's arrived at from the application. I think otherwise just, just like longer term and then, and then just more, more like what we're working with right now, we'd like to sort of put load on the application, get multiple sellers on here and get lots of buyers on here. And we, we have put everything in place to become a, uh, a credible marketplace. Well, it's a lot of progress you've made in, I guess a short period of time. I know uh, it's about a, a year or so that you've been working on this. And uh, perhaps the last thing I'd ask you, if people are interested in finding out more and want to get involved, whether on the selling side or the buying side, uh, obviously, I know you're talking to mining companies now as well. But for people who are interested in the project in any capacity, because that's like we discussed before, is something that is a, a need that people have talked about, uh, certainly plenty on my show, but other places uh, across the silver space of having some infrastructure that's not really quite the same as the COMEX. What is the best way for many of those, those sides that if people want to find out more or they have an idea of some feature that would attract them to it, how can they get in touch and start getting involved? All right. So the first thing here is that we have our actual domain. So it is freemarket.auction. Uh, the reason for that name is to be as self-explanatory as possible. So if you want to buy on the application, all you have to do is sign up. There's no payment required. If there are people interested in selling on the application, uh, you'd have to reach out to us and we'll have a, a separate side conversation and get people onboarded. But our contact information is on that uh, on that site. But we have support at freemarket.auction. You can reach out to us. Um, and then 
Uh, I think I would just leave it at that for now. Okay. Well, again, I appreciate what you've been building there because that's one of the things that I've thought a lot about. And obviously a lot of other people have been wanting to get away from the pricing structure that we know, which is not to say it's in one step, but great that you're at least thinking about this and building something that can help with that problem. And gentlemen, is there anything else that anybody else would like to add before we wrap up or anything else that we missed in today's conversation? Yeah, let, let me just say that, you, you know, the, the, the pricing mechanism, as we all know, through through futures is really kind of broken. And I don't think there's going to be one single silver bullet, literally, to, to solve the problem. I think it's going to be a lot of different people innovating. Um, and I, I see this as part of that. And, and it, I'm excited by it. You know, I think it's it's part of the solution. It's not going to be the whole solution, but it's certainly part of it. And uh, lot, lots of cool applications for this. Yeah, I think that's well said. And again, I think one of the the best things that you're doing, Scott, is incorporating feedback and you've been reaching out to a lot of people, not assuming every application you could do, but finding out on different levels, whether it's the sell side or the buy side, some of the issues that people face and actively incorporating that, which is, in my opinion, a good way to go about a project like this or anything for that matter. And Scott, perhaps before we wrap up, just could you uh, mention the web address one more time and actually show people where that contact information is. So if they would like to get involved, whether offering some feedback or they want to begin using the system so that they just know exactly how to do that. Sure. Okay. So I'm still on the screen share free market dot auction here. Um, as I'm traversing this, this page here, I realize there's this giant warning banner, uh, which that is just the, the sort of onboarding steps that are required. So the whole system is self-explanatory in the account I'm logged in. That's just simply not uh, set up yet. If we scroll down to the bottom here, we have our contact email. Um, and then Conley and myself both have email addresses as well. So you can contact either of us, Conley at freemarket.auction or Scott at freemarket.auction. Well, Scott, Conley, and Jim, I appreciate you making some time to talk about it today. And Scott, in particular, this is your baby and something that a lot of people around the silver space have been asking for is some sort of way to not be as dependent on the current system as we are. And you've got a great start here. And I know you're adding to that and incorporating feedback. So I'd encourage people especially if you've been frustrated by what you see on the COMEX and want there to be some other options out there. Like Jim said, maybe not a silver single silver bullet to solve everything, but here's someone who's actually uh, taking some nice steps to address what's out there and build that. And I know you're looking to incorporate people's feedback, Scott. So appreciate you all joining me and thank you for making a step in terms of providing some free market pricing in silver. And uh, it's exciting what you have here. And we'll look forward to catching up with you all again as it progresses and, and seeing where things go from here. All right. Thanks, Thanks very much. much. Thanks.